Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, now featuring CBD-infused seltzer to get happy, legal for 18 and up, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Two Miller and Condon, Trent Condon, Ken Miller on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Take you up until oh, just before noon, bottom of the hour. David Eicholt, 24-7 sport. He covers Iowa. He will join us on the Hawks. But right now, off we go to Lubbock, as promised. Uh, John Walters, the voice of Iowa State, he joins us. John, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. The weather we p- report we got from Wayne Whips is it's windy, but it's sunny, 55 degrees. Trent thinks Heft is golfing. Is he? No, I'm looking. I'm looking right at him. Okay. He's, uh, he's, get, he's getting on the bus to go to practice. He's, you know, he, he's so committed to his craft that he would never uh, venture off to play golf on a day like today. <laughs> Good stuff. Hey, John. As an aside, personally, and, and we know that um, you know you you missed some time, and Dave Sproul filled in. How are you feeling, John? Oh, I feel great. I, Good. I never, I never didn't feel great. I just, uh, you know, I tested positive and. So you got to stay away from the guys yep. for five days. And uh, second bout I've had with it, even though I'm fully vaccinated in between and boosted and everything else. But um, both times I felt great. So I'm thankful that I've got the vaccine and that I'm doing well. So as a guy who's called all of those games over over the years, when you're when you're not allowed to be there and do that, and you're watching the game in the living room, how different is that, John Walters? It's torture. Uh, it, it, it's absolutely awful. Uh, you got people texting you during the game. Hey, yeah. did you do that? Did you, you know? And then your your family's talking to you, and you just want to watch the game, you know. And, and uh, so it, it, it's not it's not the same. But uh, uh, thankfully, they pulled out a great win against Texas Tech. It didn't quite pull it out against Oklahoma. The two games I missed, but it was it was still fun to watch, and I'm glad I had that option. Uh, and then listen to all the stuff with uh, Dave and and Eric with the interviews and all that as well. So uh, just not the same as being there. Well, John, you're back at it and got to see a good one on Saturday. Texas comes to town, and I shouldn't have been shocked, but I was dealing with the weather as I was shuffling out and finally got inside to watch the game, and there it was once again, a packed Hilton Coliseum. They Cyclone fans, doesn't matter the weather, they're going to find their way inside that building every single winter, it seems. Yeah, it was sold out, and I was a little bit surprised that so many seats were full. Mm-hmm. There were a few empty ones, but really it was packed. And uh, people made a big, a big effort to get up there, and they really got into that game. You know, the students are gone. But when the students are gone, Iowa State fans that don't typically get an opportunity to go to those games uh, get that chance. And so a lot of them buy those tickets down in the student section, and they just love it, you know, mm-hmm. because they're, it's their one opportunity to see a game. So they're really into it. So it was a great crowd. And, you know, Texas coming in, you anticipate a really low-scoring game. I said to Eric afterwards, if you would have told me it was 79-70 final, I'd have said, oh, went three overtimes, huh? But uh, <laughs> it was entertaining. You know, it was back and forth, up and down. And 
and uh, really a fun game. You know, Tyrese Hunter's really coming on, and we'll get to him in a second, but Trent and I both identified Robert Jones and, and, and what he's done for this team. Seemingly, you know, what in the last couple of weeks, John, um, he, he's, he's more physical, seemingly he's more involved, and you could say, no, no, tap the brakes, guys. He's always been like this. I don't know what you've missed, but we've seen, Trent and I anyways, a different Robert Jones and a very impactful Robert Jones. What's the difference, John? No, I agree with you. I, I completely agree with your assessment. I think, you know, early in the season, he was doing some great things, bringing energy to the floor. He hit a little bit of a slump, uh, was having a hard time finishing around the basket, and it affected maybe some other parts of his game. But with Robert, he's such a junkyard dog, you know. Uh-huh. All, all he really needs to do is set physical screens, play great defense, and run from one rim to the other. That's really all they ask. They're not going to run a lot of set plays for him. Now, he did have a couple of uh, – post moves uh, in these last couple games, which surprised me. I didn't know he had that in his repertoire. But, uh, you know, he he's really a guy that can bring instant energy to the floor when he gets out there, and you can see it. And, you know, he runs the floor so hard. He sets a screen like he means it. He, he guards with all the intensity that he has. And so he's a perfect fit for what TJ wants because he doesn't ask him to do anything more than that. And I think Tyrese Hunter and the unselfishness of Isaiah Brockington and some other guys, they found Robert open under the basket a few times, and it's resulted in him coming close to double digits. So great to see some offense from him. Great to see some offense from Gabe Kelcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, great to see Tyrese Hunter, as you mentioned, really hitting a groove. And I think, you know, Brockington's been the guy that you could count on all year to be that steady, everyday guy. But as some of these other guys start to add a little bit of offense to the puzzle, it really makes Iowa State a better team. You mentioned Kelsher. He's shooting the ball incredibly well. He's never been a great shooter outside of his freshman year up in Minnesota. What's different? Is it just a two-game blip, or is there something mechanically, something that's changed as he's knocked down, what, 10 three-pointers over the last two games? You know, I didn't notice anything mechanically. I saw that Jared Stansbury felt that he's setting his feet better, and maybe that's true. I, I have not asked Gabe that. Um but I think Gabe is just in a rhythm right now where he feels like he's going to make them. And one great thing about TJ is no matter what kind of a slump Gabe was going through, TJ continued to encourage him to shoot the basketball. He knows how important it is for Gabe to make shots for this team to be successful. You can't have everything running through Isaiah Brockington. You have to have some other guys step up. The great thing about Gabe Kelcher is no matter how much he struggled on the beat, on the offensive end of the floor, his defense never struggled as a consequence he was always great on the defensive end even through his slump and so that allowed him to stay on the floor and contribute in other ways to winning and now that the offense is there you're seeing the Gabe Kelsher that they really envisioned when they recruited him from Minnesota and I think you know I think he had a little extra juice because he was going against Marcus Carr mm-hmm. his old teammate of Minnesota and I think he was really excited about that that challenge they took a couple charges from him, played great defense, and then his offense came around too. So he had probably his best game as a cyclone. Yeah, good good point on, on Carr and those two teammates. John, the conference is just bananas, right? I mean, we, we go back to go back to Saturday. There's TCU getting Oklahoma. K State picks off uh the Red Raiders, uh Texas goes down. Baylor back-to-back losses. Oklahoma State pasted them. Kansas held serve. Uh, but, you know, it's it's starting to become kind of an any-given-night league, which tells me there's a whole lot of depth in this conference. And, man, oh, man, uh, if that's the case, these are going to be fun games to watch going forward. I think they all are. You're exactly right. And it's just when you think that you got the thing figured out. I mean, 
I didn't see any way in the world that Oklahoma State goes into Waco and wins, especially with Baylor coming off a loss, but they did, you know, and um, I think some of it is scheduling because, you know, the COVID makeup games that are happening for some teams. So, for instance, Texas Tech going into Manhattan, playing their third game in five days, I just don't think they had their legs under them quite as much, and Kansas State played well. I think Kansas State's pretty good. Their guard plays really good. And so I, I do feel like in this league, honest to God, Every night, you you can uh, you're going to see these upsets. It's going to happen. It's going to continue to happen. I said before Baylor lost twice, and I'll continue to say it now that I think the the winner of the, the conference is going to have at least four losses. It just it feels inevitable to me. I mean, right now there's only two teams that have only one loss, and one of them is TCU, which is two and one, so they've hardly played any games. But uh, I just feel like the winner of the conference is going to have at least four losses. Tristan Anaruna, want to get your thoughts on him. He's so scrappy, good defensively. He's shown that all season long. And though he hasn't taken many threes, he's hit three out of six this year. That's 50%. Offensively, what more to come? We saw him play great in that Baylor game, the game before against Chicago State, his two double-digit outputs. What more do you think he can do offensively to, to help that offense along? You know, he's good with both hands. He can finish with the left hand. I think the biggest thing with Tristan is just to take it really strong to the basket and get fouled more often and get to the free throw line more often. Uh, sometimes he shoots that shot kind of fading away, the little jump hook, and he needs to really attack the basket. I remember Larry Eustace used to encourage his guys to try to dunk everything because you're going to get to the free throw line. I think Tristan's a guy that can get to the free throw line frequently if he'll commit to that. And, um, but he is a really smooth player. Reminds me a lot of Abdul Nader just with his athleticism, his length, uh, his ability to cut hard to the basket. And those guys will find him. So I feel like uh, Tristan's en route to having a really good year. And, you know, when you combine what he's doing with Jazz Coons, Iowa State's getting a ton of production out of that four position. And I think that's been one of the really pleasant surprises to this program this year. John Walters, John, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll be listening tonight uh, down the hall, 1.3 the bus. What time's pregame, John? 7.30? Uh, 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. We have our pregame, yep. Good yep. stuff. John, thank you. Glad you're feeling better. Yep, thanks, guys. Good appreciate to talk it. to you. Take care. John Walters, the voice of uh, Iowa State, Iowa State, Texas Tech tonight. You know what's crazy, Trent? Um, I was sitting in my chair last night thinking about what I'm going to watch, and almost the, 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 the relief that came over when it's going to be on TV. <laughs> right. <laughs> After back-to-back. On right, the, you don't have yeah. to watch your iPad, which, mm-hmm. I mean, again. But there's just something about being able to turn on the TV and watch it. Just flip it, turn it on, watch the game, and during a commercial, you can flip over to another game, and you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I understand it's the way of the world, and it's technology changing, and I know there's a lot of people that have Hulu or YouTube TV and have those kind of streaming services and go that route, but just the simplicity. And I do wonder, I had this thought, so many cord cutters, and we've heard recently of YouTube TV. They had their conflict with ESPN, big ESPN. And they were off, I think, for like a day and a half. And then they got their agreement. It's ultimately going to happen. It's the same thing you see with cable operators. Yeah. And the same thing that you see with DirecTV and Dish and whoever else. You have these disagreements between the companies and the ones that are putting out the product. And it's going to happen continually with these streaming services. If we're going to see a bit of an evolution where people just go back to... I'm not saving as much money as I thought when the price continues to increase mm-hmm. for these streaming services. Right. And we'll see a reemergence of the cable companies. And streaming services, to your point, lose the channel that you want, right. or the feed that you want. 
Yeah, it's. I guess because the simplicity right. is great. You just turn on your TV. <laughs> it's just that's all you, you go do. to two oh eight, and there she be. Oh, speaking of that, uh, Saturday, I had to get up on the roof. Uh, well, oh, because of the storm, the snow, right? So I got this new system. The system is I can't get up on the roof. It's too steep. So you send your wife, and that's new system. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would not go well. Right. So initially, I didn't have a ladder big enough to get up to the top step of where it was to get up there. So I'd have to lean out my bedroom window <laughs> with a super soaker and shoot with a super soaker water to gun. To melt the snow. To melt the snow. You put some windshield wiper fluid on there. Okay. Well, last Christmas, my wife got me a ladder tall enough to do it. So I was able to pop right up there, got the super soaker, got some windshield wiper fluid. Boom. Knocked that thing out. I was done in like five minutes. It was great. A little bit better than hanging out my bedroom window, almost falling Yeesh. to my death a couple stories down. A little bit better with having that nice ladder up there. But that is one part of DirecTV that is still frustrating. No, you're You probably right. don't have to worry about that, though, right? No, but I, I don't our dishes all have to face in the same direction? They do. They need to be facing south. So, so I wonder what I have blocking mine from, from the snow accumulating like you have. I don't know. Maybe you just have better sun coverage? Yeah, I, you know what? We really we do. There, that's Because our driveway is already melted okay. where the neighbors haven't. Yeah. That's got to be it. I'm yeah. grateful for that. Anyways, uh, we will uh, go from Iowa State to Iowa. David Eicholt is going to join the program next. What's the number on this Iowa State-Texas Tech game tonight? Was it a handful? It's eight. It's eight? Red oh, Raiders it's bigger than I eight. thought. Yeah, it's a big number. I think Ken Palm had it at seven, if I remember correctly. Okay. So a big number, and it's it's a really good spot for Texas Tech. Coming, Coming off, off a loss. loss, yeah. Getting their guys Ter- back. Terrence Shannon played in the game against Kansas State. Right. Got his feet wet. All right, now he's more acclimated. He, scored, he only scored what? One point? He didn't look One good. bucket, right? He didn't look good. Yeah. And he's going to look better. Mm-hmm. Not a desperate spot, but you'd think a bounce-back spot for them. And Iowa State's coming off a nice emotional win against a Texas team that's ranked. So there's a lot of factors. These two teams played pretty recently. Yep. Texas Tech didn't have their full complement of players there. It does feel like everything is pointing to Texas Tech, but you're right, that eight number? Seems a little hefty. It, it does, and you know, and, and John pointed this out. I did not know this. I, I did not realize that the K State Texas Tech game was a makeup game or squeezed in a COVID game. I think rescheduled. they played four games in nine days. Yeah, that's yeah. John mentioned what yeah. he said three in a, in a few days. So this will be uh, like what, five and twelve, something yeah, like that. Add this one up, and McCullers back, and mm-hmm. Shannon is back, as you said. Shannon, when he's right, no, he's good. He's he, really he was good. leading the team in scoring. I'm pretty sure. I mean that's what that's what uh, they were lacking. Total in the game is because there. How many points were they scored last time? There was fifty something to forty. It was fifty one forty seven. So they didn't break a hundred. Didn't get to hundred. So the total in the game tonight is a buck eleven. No one twenty nine. Oh, it's after that high. Huh? One twenty nine, which is I believe the lowest uh, one of the lowest on the boards that I see. Hmm. There's a one twenty one out there in the Jacksonville Liberty game. You firing at that one tonight? I will not. I will not. You know what I'm going to do tonight? And I couldn't be any more excited. Um, my once-a-week Winnipeg Jets get to play tonight. Oh, great. Because I get to come to the States. Mm-hmm. So they they drop the puck at 6. Oh, perfect. So I'll see most of it live before mm-hmm. I head over to ESPNU. West Virginia's not on ahead of them, are they? Uh, they are. On ESPNU? Uh, not sure, but it's at 4 o'clock. Oh, that, well, they should be done by 8. Well. That's true. That's on the deuce anyway. But how about that? Baylor, West Virginia, 4 o'clock? 4 o'clock? Yes. Is that a makeup game? Could be. I don't know. Offhand what it is. I just know it's at 4, and that is 
beautiful. Yeah, perfect. 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 Yesterday, early. watching uh, Purdue and Illinois, and by the way, what a hell of a game. Maybe the game of the year in college basketball. It's probably the best one I've seen so far. Yeah. High level. Oh, boy. Two Big Ten heavyweights going at each other. Got full complement of big men on both sides. Kofi in there doing his thing, fouling getting out of the big, game. Getting in foul trouble. He picked up three and four in the first two minutes of the yeah. second half. Um, uh, just, and his backup, I, I thought, played pretty well. The guy with two yes, names. Yes, with two names. Bozeman, right, from Verdonk. the Netherlands, I think he's from. Verdonk, yeah, who's been injured a lot during his career. Okay. He was out there and gave him a little something, at the very least. Well, and you mentioned it yesterday, whether it was on the air before the show started. Having Corbello back in that oh, lineup, what a difference he makes. He is such a pain in the butt. Eesh. He's always love, got the ball. You love him when he's on your team. Uh-huh. And he jaws, and he smiles, and he mm-hmm. smirks, and he just... Got the hairdo. Yes. And the headband. And you love him when he's wearing the team colors of your team, and you hate him if he's on anybody else. No, that was a fun, fun game. Purdue and Illinois. Was that Are those the two best teams in two, the conference? Two most talented teams. Okay, I think that's what I told you yesterday. Two most talented teams, I think they are. Who else in the conference? Wisconsin close. Yes. Uh-huh. They're really good, and the I metrics so. continue to improve for them. You got Johnny Davis. He's such a difference maker mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. Think of so many good Wisconsin teams, but they didn't have a guy like that. No. That could go get his own time in and time out, and that's what he can do. And even when he hasn't played well, Wisconsin has played well. Michigan State, yeah, they lost to Northwestern. You know they're going to be there. Doesn't Michigan State By always way, have a low like this? Did you see the end of Northwestern Michigan State? Yeah. Trent, have you ever seen where, where Northwestern's about to pull off the upset? Uh, uh, Sparty takes a shot to either tie the game or, or win the game. Mm-hmm. Northwestern gets the basketball, gets the rebound, one second left, and two Wildcats are fighting each other for the rebound. Mm-hmm. The official calls traveling. Sparty rebounds the ball underneath the basket. It's a perfect pass. They have to foul. The kid goes to the free throw line and missed. And Northwestern holds on. Yeah, I mean, talk about finding a way to lose a game. It's a tough one. Oh, is those teams always have this stretch though during Big Ten play where they have a bad week or week and a half? And oh boy, it's over for Sparty, and they'll figure it out. And it'll be the middle of February, and here they come yeah. once again. They're going to be there. If you bet them early or at any time in the year, and you think, oh boy, that was a waste of money, no, don't do that. You'll be, wait for this lull, right? And if they lose another one. That's when you jump on because you're mm-hmm. going to get the best price of the year and you're not going to get the price whatever it drops to if you bet them to make a Final Four. I've been looking more and more at those Final Four bets too. Just not to win it. Not just to, to win get it, there, but to get there. Got a mm-hmm. couple of teams identified. I got to fire a couple of them. Well, and as we always say, and we speak on behalf of DraftKings and we like to play the Bet Rivers contest and we're, we're, we're in... Um we're sponsored by Circa. Mm-hmm. Shop around. Yep. Get the absolute best price that you can. It's 1125. David Eicholt joins the show next. Let's try to give away $1,000. Maybe some people oh. can play in one of those apps with the $1,000 that we're going to get. We got a little slam dunk for you. Good idea, Trent Condon. Go to KXNO.com. And once you get there, enter the keyword happy. That's happy at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Miller and Condon back with David I. Colt next. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML and the only place to watch Des Moines Menace Soccer. Providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on YouTube and at CISN.TV. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. 
Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV or visit their website at CISN.TV. CISN TV, the home for live. One for podcasting. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Your moment. Your place. Market homeowners have two questions. What's the best time to rent out my home? And what's the best way to do it? The best time is when you're moving, relocating, combining households, inheriting a house, or you just don't want to pay a mortgage anymore. The best way to rent? Hire Renters Warehouse. Whether you have one home or a property portfolio, Renters Warehouse does the work so you don't have to. They perfectly price your property so you don't have to. They find great tenants in just 17 days on average so you don't have to. And for a small flat monthly fee. Their professional landlords manage your property 24-7 so you don't have to. Collect the rent? You don't have to. Maintenance, inspections, and tax paperwork? You don't have to. There's no upfront fees, no binding contracts, and you can cancel at any time. Find out what your home will rent for by calling 515-528-4429 or go to renterswarehouse.com. That's renterswarehouse.com. Renters Warehouse, Des Moines. You can't buy happy to... On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM, here's Ken and Trent. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Circus Sports sponsors Trent's Play of the Day. That coming up in about, oh, 15 or 20 minutes. Mr. Monday Night went out in fine fashion last night with a convincing winners. Mr. Monday Night had the Rams to bring down that curtain. Let's get David Eicholt in here, 24-7 Sports, HawkeyeInsider.com. David, as always, thank you for uh, coming on. We appreciate it. Trent and Ken, how are you? Hey, things are uh, things are going pretty smooth, guys. It's been a very quiet 48 hours uh-huh. on the Iowa front. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, no, always good to be talking to you guys. Appreciate you having me back. Uh, ditto. So, uh, David, I guess I didn't realize this, and this uh, just came, uh, was McCaffrey meeting the media or something, uh, and apparently this came up, and rightly so. I knew Iowa didn't have a ton of weekend games, uh, basketball games this uh, this season. With them only having three, Purdue getting eight, and Wisconsin and Michigan State seven apiece. Um, and as we know, it's it's difficult for an o'clock tip for Central Iowa to make it over there as much as some would like to and get back before, you know, midnight. Um, boy, oh boy, that uh, seems like the scheduling is, is not... Um, maybe something needs to be tweaked going forward. I know it's too late for this year, but that seems like a disproportionate amount of games for other schools on the weekends. No, no doubt. And I think I want to give Scott Dockman from the Athletic the credit there. He's the one who brought up to McCaffrey. I think that some of the research there, and I believe Saturday, uh, Saturday's game is the only Saturday Big Ten game that Iowa has. Crazy. You know, like you guys said, with when you're when the half your fan base or a third of your fan base is in the Des Moines area, you know that those are the games that they want to be able to make. Uh, the, the limited opportunities, because if you have games on a Monday or a Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, I mean, people aren't going to drive down from Des Moines to go see that. And guess what? Nobody's going to blame them. And I got to give McCaffrey a lot of credit here because he did bite his tongue very strong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised he start bleeding out of his mouth by how much he was biting his tongue. But he just said, look, uh, absolutely, we need to talk about in the offseason. And, you know, the reality is you guys know it. You're around the business. 
there's no such thing as it's not going to be equal fronting. It, it's just not. They're always going to put the more prominent teams, like a, like a Purdue this year, Illinois this year. They're going to get more. But with that being said, I mean, Iowa, you know, they got the nation's leading scorer. They got, you know, just they had the national player of the year last year. Uh, they have to find a way to at least make it a little bit more of an even front because not even just from the television perspective, but, I mean, it is robbing, you know, Iowa fans opportunities to, to go see their team. Seeing this team improve on the boards. Indiana going into that game, they got a week off after the loss to Wisconsin, and you got Trace Jackson Davis on one side and Race Thompson, two of the best rebounders in the Big Ten, and they out-rebounded them. And against Minnesota, same thing. Now it was a depleted Minnesota team. Is it just effort, or is there something more going on that this team seems to be becoming at least adequate on the boards? You know, guys, I, I think I think it's just I think it is just energy. I think it's effort, and I think it's intensity. I mean, you look at both plays to start off the second each of the second halves between Indiana and Minnesota. Iowa players are diving on the ground. Mm-hmm. They're they're getting after it, and that's the type of effort that you know I don't, I don't ever want to accuse a college athlete of not giving you know full strength or full effort. But I think you just see the intensity really rising uh, over these past two games. I know they let down a little bit against Minnesota from that 23-point lead, went down to three. But I just think I think Philip Robracha has been a lot more aggressive. Nope. I think the emergence of Chris Murray has been you know impactful. I think Keegan's one of the better rebounding you know four guys uh, in the country with his athleticism. And I do think you look at you know even Jordan Bohannon, Joe Toussaint, those other guards, Tony Perkins. They're coming up with with offensive rebounds. They're doing things to keep different possessions alive. And, you know, I I wrote this column, I think, about 10 days ago. Iowa's best defense this year is going to be just cleaning up the effort on the boards because I do think that there's such a limited upside defensively with this team. Still higher than last year, but still very limited. But if Iowa attacks the glass, they, you know, limit teams to one, one shot, Iowa getting second shot opportunities, that's how this team's going to be able to reach its potential. And I think that, like you said, over the last two games, we've started to, uh, we started to see, you know, just an increase in that. And I think you hit the nail on the head as far as identifying as a guy in the roster who maybe is responsible for this uptick. And that's for Bracha. I mean, both at both ends of the floor, right? He's doing it offensively. Certainly was against uh, Minnesota the other day. Not that it hasn't been there. I don't want to just say that this has come from nowhere, but it seems he's taken it to another level, David. I think it's just he's more aggressive. I okay. think he's just fits the mold more. I think that he, I think he had nine shots in the first half last game. You know, and remember last year, one of the big selling points about him going to Iowa and being able to compete in the Big Ten was he did have a 23 point, I think, eight rebound performance against Minnesota. So he was pretty comfortable uh, going up against Minnesota last year. And I think that translated this year. But I mean, you saw a guy, you know, get a steal, go down the other end, flush it down with one hand. You saw a guy back to basket. He's actively looking for a shot, and I think that when you're a Bracha, uh, I think he was pretty timid, I think, the start of the season, but I do think that he's finding his role. I think he knows it more if he stays out of foul trouble. I mean, there's no reason to me, guys, that he can't average 12 points and seven boards, and if you can get that out of Bracha, uh, I think that that's going to very much so increase what this team's able to do, and especially when they're trying to uh, make an NCAA tournament. Chris Murray, not at his best against Minnesota, coming off the career best performance against Indiana with the 29 points that he had in that one. Still, I feel if I was going to reach its highest ceiling, Chris Murray's going to be a big part of that. Isn't there a way that you can get him 24, 25 minutes a game? It feels like to Iowa be at their best, they need Chris Murray, maybe be the second best player on this team. Yeah, and I, I think that's an excellent point. You know, I've seen a lot of talk about, oh, he needs to start 
over, you know, whether it be Philip or Broadford, they need to tweak the lineup a little bit. I, I disagree. I think that I think that Chris really provides a scoring boost to that second unit mm-hmm. because, you know, we don't know what you're going to get out of an Aaron Ulis, what Tony Perkins. They provide sparks, but you don't know about the consistency. Chris Murray, I think the most important time when he's on the floor and how, what you know you're going to get out of him, he's still working through it. But, it, you know, in the first two or three minutes, if he sees his first shot go down and he gets an early rebound or so, you know he, he could be in for one of those games. Um, and, and Fran even acknowledged that he struggled with playing through some mistakes earlier on in his career, and especially earlier this year, but he's starting to get through that. But I, I don't disagree. I think when it gets down to it, the meaningful minutes, the end of games, I think Chris Murray has to be in there. He's shown to be a good rebounder. He had five first-half offensive boards against Minnesota. He can do different things. He's Iowa's best three-point shooter based on percentage. Uh, you know, I think what you want to see out of Chris Murray is the same thing you want to see out of Patrick McCaffrey and Keegan. You want to see those six foot eight, six foot nine guys that are versatile, that can do a bunch of different things on the floor. And when you lack size like Iowa does this year, they don't have a true seven-footer you know, that, that plays consistent minutes. They're going to need those wings to really rebound well. They're going to need them to play strong defensively. And like you said, I think if Chris Murray can continue to develop that sort of consistency, he does need to see 25-plus minutes on the board because, as he showed the other day, he can win you games. Uh, Connor McCaffrey's not going to be asked to win basketball games as far as offensively, but it's the intangibles, I think, that he brings to this basketball team. What's the status on him? I think it was a, a back injury uh, that kept him out uh, in the Twin Cities on uh, on Sunday. What's his status? You know, tomorrow night going into the now the Jersey Mike's Arena, as it's been renamed. Uh, Rutgers got some physical players on that on that team. Connor McCaffrey, um, I don't know how many minutes, a dozen, 14. Uh, but it's the intangibles that he bring. Will he play tomorrow? At this point, I don't think so, but it wouldn't surprise me just based on how tough of a kid he is and what he's battled through. But obviously, yeah, like you said, he has back soreness, and I think you know you can look at the points, you can look at all that and say, what does Connor bring to the table? I can give you a perfect example of what he can bring to the table. Remember, Iowa was up by 23 against Minnesota. Minnesota switched into that zone defense, and they didn't have a true guy at the high post to be able to find those open players. So Iowa was pretty much passing around the perimeter and launching up threes. They went from 34 points in the paint in the first half to half their uh, shot attempts in the second half being from three-point range. You put Connor McCaffrey in the middle, he can sort of just break apart that zone, find open guys on the perimeter. He can make a mid-range jump shot. He can pass it to a guy down low. He's responsible for picking apart defenses, and he does very good at that. And he's probably one of the smartest basketball players I've, I've, I've at least covered in my young career. Uh, with what he can do. So at this point, I don't think so, based on what I'm kind of hearing behind the scenes. But again, it's not going to surprise me if Connor uh, really does try to make uh, give it a go. Hawkeye Insiders David Eichel joining us here on Miller and Condon on KXNO. David, I'll jump into some football and, of course, the conversation that has dominated over the last couple of days. The initial report from the Cedar Rapids Gazette about what they said at the time was dissolving of the committee uh, just a, an overview, a takeaway from this and your thoughts as the way the story came out. You're a journalist with a capital J. Just how this all played out. You know, and this is the thing, too. I don't want to sit here and indict any journalist. I don't think that's my responsibility, but I can give you at least my viewpoint of it. I do think that was very risky to put out the story as it was written. It wasn't, you know, and I, I, I think the headline was a huge problem because obviously the, the committee didn't dissolve <laughs> They're looking to restructure it and reformat it, and I think that needed to be the focal point of the story uh, more than anything else. But, you know, I think I had a problem with it that it was basically almost 
not want to say an op-ed, but you, David Porter is really the only one that was going on the record. I know mm-hmm. Farron didn't give comment to it right away. But you've got to be able to go find another committee member because if you only go based off David Porter, then ever the general public is going to assume that David Porter speaks on the behalf of the committee. And that's why Jordan Lomax, you know, he went on Twitter and he said everybody disagreed with him for the most part. And I think if you can't get those two sides of the story right, I don't think you should put out the story at that point in time. I think there should have been a little bit more digging into it. And, of course, I'm just Captain Hindsight here because I'm not the one who unveiled the story. But we saw yesterday what Chad Lysko, the Des Moines Register, got his hands on the letter from Kirk Ferentz to the families, really clearing a lot of air. And, you know, right now I think it's important that it's more important now than ever with the distrust in the media that you have to have full context, get both sides of the story, and go straight down the middle. Because if you don't do that, everybody's going to assume you have a certain angle on it. And once you get labeled as that, you are not going to be able to backtrack. And I think the other part of it that I have a huge problem with right now is there's no acknowledgement that there's a mistake. There's continuing to double down, to double down, to double down. And that's only going to make people, you know, think more one side or, or the other. And I think the biggest thing that needs to happen is say, hey, you know what? We, we didn't get it right. We didn't get it right. And if you can own up to it and say, we're going to change our protocols, we're going to do this, this, and this to prevent it going forward, I think that's exactly what they should do, and I think that's the right thing to do uh, based on what we know about the situation that, you know, over the, again, that's come to light in the past 24 hours. You know, the the silver lining in all of this is is if there was, and I'm not saying that there was by any means, but if they weren't putting maybe the effort into this committee or or the uh, avenues, the pathways to the coaching staff was, weren't there as they once were when it was first formed, any chance that that was going to, you know, to go away, this committee, and just kind of, um, you know, box up shop, and that, that would be it. This thing is going to be back and do what it was supposed to do, what it was formed to do uh, because of this, and there's, there's no question in my mind. Mind, uh, that that is going to be the case. So maybe that's the silver lining. David, we're out of time. Uh, great stuff as always. You do a great job over at Hawkeye Insider, part of the 24-7 sports umbrella. David Eichholt, we love talking to you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Take care. Have a good week. Yep, you do the same. David Eichholt, as we take a look inside the Hawkeyes with Hawkeye Insider himself. Talented young journalist. He is, isn't he? Yep, man. Yep. Uh, knows the business well. He's got big things in front of him. I think he does, too. I, I, I agree with you. Uh, it's 11.45. We'll see if Trent Condon's got a winner in front of us when we come back. I got multiple. How many games? I got three for you. Can you give your best bet for those? See, so- best bets don't work for me, though. No, you know this. you're struggling. No, you just bet all three of them. Okay. You're going to get two out of three at minimum and maybe three and oh. Mm-hmm. Best bet doesn't work. I got. A, I'm a volume player. You know this. You've seen my list. Yeah, I have. <laughs> yeah, I am not a pick and choose kind of guy. No, you fire at him. Yes. Uh, Scatter shots. Got to hit some of them, right? Right. It's 11:45. Miller and Connor will be back with Circa's play of the day next. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.5. This is KXNO. Bill Belichick famously says we're on to Cincinnati. Well, we're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and DraftKings Sportsbook, their official sports betting partner of the NFL. They're celebrating with a huge odds boost for you new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, you get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Just bet $5, get 280 if they win, don't even have to cover the game. So if you're not a new customer and you're like Trent and I and have that DraftKings app, we can still get in all of the action with the divisional round. 
With those same game parlays, that's where you combine multiple bets for the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs that you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings, they're safe, they're secure, they're reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Get out your phone right now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the promo code KXNO, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet $5, win 280 in free bets if your team wins. Promo code KXNO. For 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Iowa only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-FORMEN.COM. The Chicken Coop is the place for great food and wings with three metro locations. The Chicken Coop has the best, fresh, never frozen wings. Buffalo, garlic jalapeno, buck nasty, tropical heat, pepper teriyaki, garlic parmesan and so much more along with steaks burgers ribs and a children's menu for the little ones and don't forget about the chicken coops daily lunch and drink specials catch all the games at the chicken coop in ankeny urbandale lasikoffer.com back to miller and condon on kxno and trench pick of the day presented by circus sports iowa all right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. So this is from Caesars, mm-hmm. uh, not from uh, Circa, but I'm assuming that there would be in a similar spot. Of the six wild card games, which one had the highest handle? Cowboys 49ers. Number three. Mm-hmm. Monday night? Number one. Oh. Number two? Sunday night. Sunday night. Sunday night, yeah. Prime timers. Prime timers. Standalone game. Cardinals, Rams did the most handle Steelers. Chiefs, the least bet on was? Game one, Raiders, Cincinnati. That's number five. Six was the early game Sunday. Eagles, Buccaneer. Did you see that steam that was coming in the Eagles Sunday morning, too? The love for the Eagles, Uh Trent. They were, I mean, sheesh. Never had a chance in that game. If you bet the no. Eagles, you've never felt like, all right, there's still a chance. Right. Kind of like last night if you had the Cardinals. Well, I'm still, if this, this, and this happen. No, you're clobbered. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's, you see, like that betting a horse and the gate opens and he stands there. <laughs> you bend there a time or two? A time or two. Yeah. yeah. Got to be frustrating. Well, I got a gate of seven games. Oh, seven. All right. Well, I, I should have saved you more time. Well, we'll be all right here. Uh, you want me just to fire through them all? Go quick? for them. Like all seven. All right. Now give us a quick reason behind them. Game one, SEC tonight, Ole Miss, who had Auburn on the ropes on Saturday. And I told you that mm-hmm. was Auburn pulled away late, but still got the cover there. Laying seven and a half against a Missouri team that is awful. Give me Ole Miss. Game two, Miami, really good start this year in the ACC, starting to maybe fall back to what they should be against Carolina. Carolina's playing much better. Just lay two and a half on the road, but I'm going to take UNC with pick number two. Arkansas, huge upset over the weekend. Two in a row without Musselman, and not so fast. Give me 12 and a half in Gamecocks with the third pick. Big 10, Michigan stinks. So is Maryland. I'm getting seven. Give me the stinking Terps with seven points there. Texas bounces back after loss against Iowa State. K-State, let down after their win. Lay the 10 with the Longhorns. Wisconsin. And that's Longhorn Network, by the way. Yes, it is. The Badgers. Lane two and a half at Northwestern. I just like whiskey better, even on the road. Give me Wisconsin there. And I'm going to lay it with Texas Tech tonight are against you? Iowa State. That's a big number. Mm-hmm. It's eight. It just feels like there are so many factors that are pointing the way of Texas Tech. Higher than I thought, but mm, yeah, me too. there's too many times that you get scared off of that one. This one, I think, is going to go the Red Raiders' way, and we will lay it. Those are the seven 
Ole Miss, UNC, South Carolina, Maryland, Texas, Texas Tech, and Wisconsin. Good stuff. Well, looking forward to tomorrow for the first time um, in on the calendar. We will talk to our bracketologist, Shelby Mast, who you read in the register or online. He's Gannett's bracketologist. His bracket site is bracketwag.com, and he'll join Trent and I for the first of his weekly appearances tomorrow at 1030. Bracket Wag. What's Wag stand for? Wild-ass guess. I love that. <laughs> He's pretty good, though. Shelby's more than a guess. Uh, Murph and Andy are back today at 1 o'clock. The Fanatics at 3 Miller and Condon, thanks for being with us. We're here every Monday through Friday from 10 until noon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.